Good morning, church. Welcome to the Eternity Life podcast. Today, we're excited to welcome back Ashley Stevenson. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be back. So through all of those years, you know, reconstructing faith and still doing ministry and and seeing photography now as I see the photography that you do as ministry. Yes, I fought that off a really long time. <laughs> when I first started the business, everyone was like, oh, okay, I see how you turn this into your ministry. And I was like, yeah. don't give me that label. Don't tell me that. If the wrong people hear that word, <laughs> they'll feel like they can't work with me. Yeah. Right. Like, I absolutely don't say that word. Yeah. But again, it was around the time of the divorce that I really got honest with myself. And I was like, okay, there are some clients that I have photographed for over 15 years that they're relationship with me is ministerial. I'm their minister. They don't have the language around that. There's not language around that in this context, but that's literally how I show up in their world. And I walk alongside of them in these big points in their lives, sad, good, happy. And I get called on in different ways to interact and be there. And yes, most of the time my camera's involved in that, but sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. And it just, it helped me see that in this whole other way. You've been our family photographer <laughs> since, you know, since our kids have been born and you've done stuff here at the church and all that. What do you think it is about photography that you're so drawn to? I I think for me personally, you know, my business name being Story Photographers, I really want, first of all, people to feel like their story is important and worth telling. Like that's kind of our tagline. I say it all the time, but it's true in that like, we, who we are, who we're in relationship with, what we do, all of that is worthy of being documented. And all of that is worthy of getting yeah. to look back on, to yeah. share with other people. Um, there's so much around that and like being in our bodies and do we feel worthy of being photographed and seen? Wow. I love the psychology of all that, but I just feel like it's just simply worth it to say like you, you're worth being photographed in your story, not pretend, yeah. not photoshopped, not in some fake situation that doesn't feel like you, yeah. Um, but in a way that truly shows who you are. Well, and and not to toot your own horn, your, your horn so much, but um, like I love when you draw out of my kids <laughs> their personality, and you're not like you need. Like I think about us like doing our senior photos. They're like, okay. Put your head at 97 degrees, look down and smile Mm -hmm. because this is comfortable. Lean on this fake tree. Yeah. Yeah. Glamour shots and like Mm -hmm. um, soft focus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of that nonsense, right? And to see you know my kids enough to say, hey, just be you. Like Mm -hmm. what the world wants is your story. Like, yeah. I think that's so beautiful. Well, your crowd always shows up ready to party. Yeah. They're not really shy. <laughs> so that helps. We bribe them also. Yeah. And, you know, especially in this world we're in right now with social media where you can curate how you're seen, um, which wow. it, even in my own world, like if you know anything about Enneagram, three is we really want to curate our best selves. Yeah. We really want to curate what's seen. Yeah. Just enough mess so I'm relatable, but not yeah. all the mess so that you think I got my ish together. You I know? preached about that literally two days ago. It's on, really? on Ash Wednesday. But yeah. That's amazing. But yeah. It, That's why Molly's looking at me like that. Like, That's come on. so funny. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I did not know. <laughs> um, but I just think that 
professional photography can fall that direction so easily, you know, like everyone sit right here, put on your biggest fake smile, Uh. do your thing. And yes, there is a part of what I do. That's going to be performative. Like it isn't normal that a photographer is following you around to park or has like come to your house or whatever. But I want to find some space in the middle where I'm able to give you and your kids enough space to be who you are within the parameters of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's not just a, let me sit you guys all here in your perfect little outfits and I'll Photoshop your perfect little hairs. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, right. And how much of a change that is from our childhood. Like that's the part that I can't can't get over. And like watching people, I'm sure this is on like your reels and TikToks too, of like the people who go back to like Sears, Mm-hmm. Let's see if it's just not a thing anymore. But JCPenney and like yeah. can remake the awkward photos. Yep. Like ironically, mm-hmm. like that's so good. Self-expression being that high is so good. Yeah. And and I think like a lot of the people who are still choosing to be part of church are doing it in an authentic way. Sure. I, mean, I feel like in my ministry, when I walk around, like people who've been in the pit, people who've seen death, people who understand the dark side, people who've deconstructed and reconstructed, people who found death mm-hmm. and resurrection. Like, I feel like those people walk around differently. Yeah. Cause you have to choose joy after that. Yeah. It's a choice. It's not just the happiness of like, things are good. Yeah. It's like, there's something deeper and abiding here, which is actually the name of this podcast, the eternity life, right? As mm. Jesus tells us, it's not eternal life in the sense of like after you die. Yeah. What Jesus is offering is us tapping into that sacred joy that's always there right under the surface. Yeah. But you you almost have to go down, if that makes sense. Yeah. To well, feel that joy. And around that time, you know, a lot of people that had not experienced that couldn't really hang with me talking because I'm a I'm a verbal processor like I'm a verbal griever I'm a communal griever like I want to have those conversations and talk those things out and for a lot of people that was too too honest maybe too authentic to see into experiences that they haven't had yet or may never have um but it also led towards you know this whole time I had been staying away from ministry but um once I started, you know, reconstructing what spirituality looked like for me, that's when it became super obvious that I was supposed to start some kind of community, (laughs) some kind of church community. And of course I internally was rolling my eyes. Like, I know, I know, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. But again, it's, it's all around people that have seen those dark sides of things, especially in church, especially connected to spirituality and want to talk about it. Yeah. They don't want to be quiet about it. They don't want to have to ask only the right questions. They they, they want to say all the things and get yeah. a space to talk about it. And they think they're the only ones. Yeah. And what we're finding is our generation and the adult generation under below us, mm-hmm. you know, younger than us, and then like my kid's generation, it's like all authenticity all the time. Yeah. Right? And I feel like in our generation we were bridging the gap of like, yes, you don't do that in church. <laughs> we were taught to play the game, yeah, but we could feel it in our insides that that's not how we want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, some churches really want to fight that. Yeah. Some churches don't want to go there. Absolutely. And so like, you know, my kids have 
such an interesting dark sense of humor <laughs> but it like it comes from a place of love if that makes sense that like sure, sure, no sure. commas no comedy is off limits mm-hmm. um but also at their core they're not afraid they 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 don't have transphobia in the same way that older generations do yeah you know they're not afraid of uh of what it means to be queer or to be undefined or to be non-binary. Yeah. Uh, they're not afraid of saying that they're Christian and they're not afraid of people saying that they're not Christian. Like, yes. So, yeah. So like I avoid that label a lot of times or I avoid telling when I meet people, telling them about all stories I lead with being a photographer first throw in a few very authentic cuss words for me. <laughs> like just, I try to show people who I am first Yeah. because at a certain age and older, if they hear minister first or church first, they will treat me differently. Yeah. They'll be different. They won't be their full selves. Oh my gosh. Well, and you and I both work weddings in different roles a lot of times. <laughs> I'm like, why is this? <laughs> you guys clearly don't know me, but okay. Yeah. That's, sure. I'm glad it's entertaining. <laughs> and then now, like, like who you are now, like showing up embodied, showing Trying up, to, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, reconstructing your sexuality, yeah, reconstructing your public persona, sure, and the, or, or at least being able to share that now. What does that feel like now? Yeah, I I feel like part of who I am on the planet is talking about these things. Uh, they again they happen to me before they happen to a lot of people like losing a parent getting divorced getting married yeah. um, all those things um but my therapist actually jokes that I'm kind of like a life event Sherpa <laughs> like I want to find a more appropriate term I don't want to yeah. <laughs> appropriate Sherpa but that like a lot of times through my camera I'm doing that but kind of showing people like okay I've walked a similar path you're gonna have to do it yourself yeah. But I'll share what happened on my path. Yeah. And I'll walk with you in some of yours. But it's your journey. You need to do it. You gotta want to do it. Yeah. Um, and so there have been so many times where I just get this specific feeling of like, okay, this is a thing I need to share publicly. Yeah. Um, and one of those things um is that around I guess three years, four years after my well, three years after my divorce, as I've been doing all this work getting in my body and paying attention to how were things making me feel, how, like I came off birth control at the time because I started reading all of these articles about how so many women my age got put on birth control at like 17, 18, 19 because of our periods, because of whatever. Yeah. And no one was doing studies on what does that do to your mental health? What does that do to um, all kinds of things in your body? And so I started reading about all these women that as adults in their 20s or 30s finally came off birth control. And like it was like a blanket had been lifted off their brain mm. or like a veil. had been. T- and so that's literally what happened to me. I came off birth control and was like, OK, I didn't know that it was putting this like gray, depressive, like. Wow just aura around everything. It was almost within two days of coming off that I could feel it like lifting. And so experiencing my body in this, I could actually like, I don't, I physically felt different in my body. Like I could be there, like the birth control wasn't keeping me out. And then with my mental health 
getting to a place where I wanted to be embodied. I didn't want to hate my body. I didn't want to ignore my body anymore. Yeah. It meant that I understood when my body was trying to tell me things like just when your intuition is trying to tell you something good about a person or bad about a person, I started having this crush on a friend of mine that is a woman. And I was like, that's new. This is weird. Like I've always been an ally. I've had gay friends forever. Like people even joked with me when I got divorced. Like, okay, now it's time for your switch teams. (laughs) Now you can date women. And I'm like, well, if it was that easy, I would do it. Yeah. But it was literally because I was, I didn't have access to being connected into my body like that. And the more I talk about it now, the more women are coming to me and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for putting this into words. Like now that I'm out of purity culture, now that I have stopped taking birth control, now that I am exposed to more queer people on TikTok or social media or out in the world, it's giving me language for who I am. Yes. And so at first I was like, you know, I I don't know what my label is. I don't know if there's a point to having a label. Maybe I'll just live. I'll just live and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that that's not who I am in the world. That like me getting to think about that and process that and share it, yeah, is important. Visibility is really important. Yes. Um. And so for me, the the label pansexual or queer, those are kind of the labels that work best for me. But in sharing those. Um, so many people have been really sweet about, I didn't know what that meant, but I Googled it, (laughs) but then multiple people are like, and then I realized that's me too. Or then I realized that's so-and-so or it's helped Uh, people reach that also. That scene in Schitt's Creek. It's like, (laughs) I thought you were in red wine. Yes. The wine label. Yes. That's a very very good illustration. When I heard that episode, I was like, okay, this is a very good illustration. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Absolutely. Well, and um, running out of time, but I um, wanted to sort of give you a space to say like, you do these boudoir shoots now Mm -hmm. too, and like help women show up and feel beautiful. It's my favorite kind of shoot. It's my favorite kind of shoot. Um, I started doing them really early on. And, you know, at first they were like marketed as this thing that you give your partner. Like if you're about to get married, mm-hmm. do this boudoir shoot, make an album. And it's a gift in the straight world to your, to your man. Yeah. Cause men are visual and they'll love it. And I, while I started boudoir that way, I very quickly. That's started, not wrong. It's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah. It's wonderful. Right. But what I noticed was like, the most important part of the whole thing was how a woman would show up so nervous, but like bold enough to show up, to be brave. And then everything I said or did mattered during that whole entire situation. Yeah. Cause I'm walking this person through this very, very vulnerable exposure. Yeah. And then at the end of that situation, that woman would leave feeling like she could take on the whole entire world because along the way I show them the back of the camera. I'm like, I want you to feel like you're okay yeah. because it's so vulnerable that like I'm taking my ego out. You look at the back of the camera and let me show you that you're safe. Yeah. Let me show you how you're looking. And so more and more, I keep shifting my language and my marketing and branding about boudoir is that be the experience is for you. What you do with the experience that's up to you. Share it, give it away, keep it to yourself. 
post it all over Facebook. I don't care, but it's your experience and you get to decide what you do with that. So now I have all these women that are like, okay, cool. For my 50th birthday, I'm doing a boudoir shoot <laughs> or I'm getting divorced. So I'm doing a boudoir shoot. Yeah. So I'm getting all, it's not just. It's not for gift. him. It's, yeah. it's for her. Yeah. And what's even more interesting. And I love sharing this statistic of my own. The majority of women that do boudoir shoots with me are teachers, ministers, and therapists. Jeez. These three helping professions Jeez. where you kind of don't get to be in your body. People, of course, want you to show up in your body yeah. and they get a lot out of you in your body. Yeah. But you're you're not really encouraged to show up as a sexual being. Oh. You're not encouraged to show up and show your body in any way. Yeah. Like in all three of those cases, you're kind of a vessel. You're holding space. Yeah. And so all three of those groups far outnumber any other women that I photograph because there's so many ways they're limited in being in their bodies. Oh my God. So then that leads yeah. to really rich discussions, especially with yeah. ministers. Yeah. So many ministers that are women get criticized for their bodies and get commented on their bodies. And what? Discussions. Yeah. Amazing. Shocking. The patriarchy alive and well in the church, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. So it's really, it's really great. The conversations that I get to have with people that way. I'm, I've never heard you talk about this, right? I just think that's so fascinating. That makes so much sense. And also like, it's not just that they're being vulnerable around you. I would imagine it's also that like the only person that they've ever had a conversation about how their body is, is an internal monologue. Yeah, like, we know actually, how dangerous those can be. Yeah. Or if especially in a heteronormative relationship, the only two people that have ever come, you know, had a conversation about this body are her internal monologue yeah. and him being like, wow, you're super hot. Right. Right. <laughs> like, and bridging those two things <laughs> is like, I, it can seem impossible. Yeah. Sometimes. For, but for somebody to come in and be like, let's look at the your natural beauty, your authentic self, your embodiment of yeah. your femininity or masculinity or your aura or what however yeah well and i'll go there and i'll say like okay go ahead and let me know if there's something that you're really nervous about being photographed yeah if there's a part of you that just is like the vulnerable place for you okay how do you want to handle that is that something you want to be challenged on yeah is that something that you want to be sensitive about and we always cover that or we don't show it you know like so it's it's not let's ignore the thing or let me assume I know what you want or don't want for your body, which yeah. is in putting my own stuff on somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's like, okay, this might sound like an awkward question. You may not be used to talking about this with people. Yeah. But I'm going to go and ask it because to get you to the point where you feel most comfortable and yourself and embodied in those photos, I kind of have to know that yeah. hurdle to get totally. you there. Well, and man, that's a, such powerful ministry, right? Like, yeah, there's so much. If that could be my total ministry all the time, boudoir shoots, done. That'd yeah. be it. That'd yeah. be what I do. Yeah. Well, and ha- helping people fall in love with themselves again. Yeah, I mean, it's I it's biblical. It's in scripture that we should love ourselves like we love other people, and that includes our bodies. Yeah. So, Ashley, if people want to find you online, how could they do that? Yeah, I am my well, my business website is storyphotographers.com. You can find my Instagram and Facebook page under the same thing, Story Photographers. 
Um, I'm on Facebook sharing all the time, Ashley Stevenson. And my personal Instagram is C Ashley story. Or you can look at either of my profile picture or my background picture to see uh, examples of Ashley's work out there. They both are (laughs) photographed by you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me share my story. Yeah. God bless you, Ashley. Thank you.